Well, 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 look who finally decided to show up. Yeah. Wait, are you talking about yourself or are you talking about me? I'm talking about you. Oh, okay. All right, wait, hold on a second. I like how when we get on, there's a full minute of like, can you hear me? Can I hear you? Let's stick with the camera. Let's do whatever. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, I was going to say my audacity has 17 minutes of just me sitting here <laughs> by myself. I mean, that's gold right there in my mind. I'd listen to that. It's the only reason I'm here. That's true. How goes it? Oh, you know, can't complain. Still do. So did we get the first shot today? I did. You clearly aren't on Facebook because I... Okay, we have been over this and over this and over this. I am not on Facebook. And you know this. And if you would follow my Facebook, you'd know that I'm not on Facebook because I talk about how I'm not on Facebook all the time on Facebook. What? But Sarah posts pictures of you sometimes. Yeah, that's why I don't need to go on Facebook. She lets people know I'm still alive. (laughs) So... Weeks ago, when all the parts for the new computer for the studio arrived, I took a picture and I saved it. Just a picture of me holding all of these parts, like 20 parts for a computer. And I saved it until this very day so I could post it on Facebook and say, just got the first COVID vaccine, first round, Uh, no side effects, but I did have the weirdest urge to buy a bunch of PC products on the way home. Weird. You... You saved that photo for how long? Like a week or two. I love that you set up a bit for your vaccine shot. I did. Well, you know that like people think that it's like Bill Gates is putting a chip in your arm or something, right? I mean, I I don't. Have you not heard that? Man, I this is the reason I don't go on Facebook is that I don't have to read. <laughs> That's a big one that, because Bill like Gates that. put a lot of money into the funding for it. Right. Because he's eternally wealthy. Right. And also gives a shit about humanity. Right. So people are like, oh, no, I'm not getting that Bill Gates chip. Right. That's going to make me want to buy Microsoft products. Well, you know who else put a lot of money into it? Dolly Parton. So it's not like she's doing it so that everybody gets addicted to country music. I'm cranking Dolly Parton right now. Well, I mean, who is it? She's a national treasure, but the vaccine has nothing to do with that. It's just good patriotism. I don't know. I wouldn't have listened to her otherwise. <laughs> so are there any side effects? Not yet. No. Um, Melinda said she started to get a headache and then it went away. But knowing Melinda, she might be hung over again, right? <laughs> I have some like uh, tenderness in my forearm. Yeah. But that might be because earlier today I masturbated furiously. Oh, no, absolutely. I, uh, because I, I switched out like a bunch of our outlets and stuff and that requires a lot of like bending wires and unscrewing stuff yeah a lot of torquing a lot of torquing a lot of torquing that's right i like the word torque twerk no torque twerk no twerk we're saying the same thing twerk i don't wish this for you as a friend but as a podcaster what i'm really hoping is that the side effects just go full blast like middle of the episode just all of a sudden you're in mid-sentence and you just get horrible chills and sweating. Yeah, you just go absolutely (laughs) insane. Uh, That's what happened to me. That's what I had. But what what shot did you get? Are you willing to reveal that that personal piece of information on the air? I got the Bill Gates one. I got Pfizer. Oh, is that the... I don't know. I I think they're all Bill Gates ones. Yeah, (laughs) of course they are. Yeah, I got the the J&J. I got the Johnson & Johnson. How was that? It was fine. Did you do both yet? No, you only do one with the Johnson & Johnson. Really? Yes. Oh, I should have done that one. Was that an option? Well, there was a separate line, but those people all had wristbands. (laughs) 
and we did not. So yeah, I went so far up in the Bronx that they didn't give a shit who you were yeah. when you got there. They were just so happy that someone was there. Yeah. I think it was also like the first day that Johnson and Johnson came to the city. What the people? Yes. The Johnsons, both the Johnsons were at my vaccine center. They were like, we think one of the Johnsons is going to show up. And then they were like, ladies and gentlemen, both the Johnsons. And everyone was like, holy shit, the Johnsons are here. Johnson and Johnson. And they were like, you get a vaccine and you get a vaccine. And Oprah's there too. And you get baby shampoo and you get a vaccine. And it was nuts. It went crazy. And you get a 5G tower. So that... That was fun. I mean, I didn't get a shot, but I got to meet a celebrity. So, you know, that's nice. I'm wearing my button that they gave me. I didn't get a button. It says, I am vaccinated, which is half a lie because I've only had half the vaccine. I'm still very contagious. You should Sharpie on, I am half vaccinated. They should have given me a half button. That's true. They should do that. It just says, am Vaccinated. It's like, it could be like one of those little, you know, the little heart best friend necklaces that the, that Aww. teen girls give out. They wait, they give them out. Yeah, to I don't know whoever the teen girls give things out to. Not me, that's for sure. <laughs> Matt McConaughey and. Whatever that movie. I just realized that I meant when I was a teenager. Oh, I, just I see. I just realized as I finished that sentence, I was like, "That sounds like that's a creepy when thing I was to say." A teenager is what I meant. Sure. This didn't go over well, did it? No. No. Your side effects are going to show up in the middle of this episode. Yeah, the FBI. Welcome to the Media Lunch Break, bringing you all of your comic geek and movie news all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and get that first vaccine shot. My name is Chris Treble. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew, the man, the bun, the legend done. Say hello, Andrew. You said that was the last one. I know, but I had this other one. Like, I, I thought of this other one. That, my friend, that... Is the last one. I don't believe you. Unless I think of another one. We'll see. Yeah. Who knows? Got you. <laughs> but you have the bun today. I do, because it's very warm, which might be because I'm vaccinated. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I had, by the way, to finish my story, I got it at like one in the afternoon, and then at 2 a.m., I woke up with like horrible chills. Like really bad. So normal. Because <laughs> that's, it's, well, normally that's the meat sweats, but this time it was the vaccine. <laughs> And then at like 3 a.m. I just started sweating profusely. Again, normal. And for like the next day and a half, I had like a cold. They gave you COVID. Yeah, that's pretty much it. They gave you half a COVID. <laughs> they gave you the cove. And then the next time you get the id. They gave you the Rona. They gave me the Rona. Oh, Andrew. <laughs> Let's get right into this. Let's crack right into it because we don't got a lot of time. All right. So here's the thing. Andrew, um... Hold on a second. Incredible. Let's get right into this. Hold on a sec. Hold on a second. Andrew, in 2017, Justice League premiered and everyone loved it. All right. You loved it. I loved it. The American people loved it. It quickly became recognized as our generation citizen came. But what if 
Warner Brothers said, what if we took that lightning and lightning could strike twice? What if we could let this lightning out of the bottle and have it walk around a little bit, give it a chance to get a smoke and a Coke and maybe go in a bar, meet another nice bolt of lightning, let them have a few drinks and then invite them back to the jar for some Cavassier and a nightcap. What if? Anyway, the Snyder Cut came out. Let's get into what you hated about it. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Look at you taking initiative and actually, like, showing some effort on this. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on a second. Hang on. I, what's going on? Ah, my son isn't sleeping. The uh, older one. The younger one, also not sleeping, but standing right here. Well, I was asleep, but Emerson is not sleeping. Cool. Emerson's a Nazi? Emerson's not sleeping. <laughs> I mean, it feels like it right now. Um, uh, let him let him just toss and turn for a little while. Well, he's he's mad right now. Right. He's crying. Cool. So am I. <laughs> uh, oh man! All right. Well, so this that might become a running narrative throughout the episode. Anyway. <laughs> All right, let's get into this, because apparently my kid might interrupt us at any moment. The Snyder Cut, four-hour epic of absolute something. Let's figure out what, all right? First of all, real quick, the storyline, it's it's the other Justice League. It's just more of the other Justice League. There's mother boxes, they're after mother boxes. It's somewhat different, but there's mother boxes, so it's somewhat the same. You know what I mean? Just, you know, different. With Darkseid now instead of Steppenwolf. But with Steppenwolf, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> I actually think that's a pretty good sum up of the story. Do you? <laughs> I, I think so. It's mostly the same, but with more... But with more. Hungarian choirs. Are they Hungarian? Is that what they're supposed to be? I don't know. I was going to say Finnish, but I was worried it would get lost in translation. I think Norwegian. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I, weirder. It's a weirder version. I'll give it that. I totally get why Warner Brothers was like, cut this down to two hours. A hundred percent. Yeah. The first two hours of the movie should be 30 minutes. Mm. Everyone gets a fucking choir montage. They do. And it's not necessary. Yeah. Let me start off with a broad question and then we'll get kind of back into the specifics. Did you like this movie? I don't know. That's a fair answer. I think with this movie... That is actually an okay answer. That is a fair answer. It's better. Yes. It's definitely improved. Okay. I agree with you. It is definitely more improved. Um, I actually liked But, like, this. if you if you coated a pile of shit in gold... Right. Is it worth anything? It's worth the gold that it's coating. But the shit isn't. No. It's just worth whatever the amount of gold is. Probably minus the cost of... Making someone clean out all the shit. Right, exactly. Here's the thing. I I actually liked this movie. I want I had to watch it. I mean, it's four hours long and there was no way I was gonna find time to be able to watch it in one sitting. So I did have to break it up myself. And I think I would like to at some point try and actually sit through this in in one four hour stretch and try and feel that whole narrative kind of arc and you know do its crescendo and decrescendo and um because i know by the end the hour the last hour is like the climax of the movie you know the last hour is like the big battle which is great but by the time because i had to break it up by the time i got to the last hour i was like 
my momentum's kind of lost in this. You know what I mean? Like I didn't feel as emotionally involved in the last hour of the movie because I had 24 hours between when I had picked up the storyline. That being said, you're right. It is a better movie. I do like this. However, as with certain things that I've said on this podcast, this is one of those things. And I feel like it maybe I just say this more and more. This is one of those things where it's like, I really like this. If you don't like this, that's a hundred percent correct as well. You know what I mean? And with this movie in particular, your answer, the, I don't know is very true. What about people who think this is like a masterpiece? Is that acceptable? I mean, to each his own. I <laughs> That's don't a no. See. No, I mean, it's not That's a, a politically correct no. No, it is not a masterpiece. I mean, if you, for some reason, see this and it clicks with you and you're like, this is the greatest thing ever, maybe I'm, I want to say that's fine, too, only because those people are so vehement on social media about how they needed to release this and what a brilliance it's going to be that if I don't disagree with them, they will finally shut the hell up. But other than that, no, it's not a masterpiece. I think there are workings of a masterpiece in there. I honestly do. It's closer. It is much closer. And you're right. If this was cut down to a more acceptable length, as far as like, if this was going to be put into theaters, Warner Brothers would have taken this and said, you need to cut this down to a length that we can sell tickets for. And then I think we could have gotten closer to a masterpiece because you take all that like air out of it. This, they were like, put in four hours because we're going to stream this anyway. It doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Well, they also, they didn't pay Zack Snyder for this. Right. He didn't take a paycheck. So they were like, sure, do whatever you want and we'll just upload it. Yeah, it doesn't. That's what I mean. It's just a file. It's just going to get uploaded. We're not. Yeah, he just handed them something and they were like, cool. Right. Thanks. They were like, cool. This will shut everyone up. So that's great. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on it that I, I could share, but I don't want to overwhelm the whole thing because I am fascinated to see. As soon as I started watching it, my immediate thought, and this is this is where I think we've hit a turn with the podcast, is that now I watch something and immediately go, I think Andrew would hate this. I can't <laughs> quit. Like, that's always in the back of my mind. I was watching the whole movie and I'm like, I think Andrew's going to hate this. I'm going to have to talk to Andrew. I think he's well, going to Well, and I told this. you in the last episode, you might be surprised. I am surprised by the I don't know. Yeah. That is the best I could hope for from you. Okay, so this. here's the thing. This is why I don't know. There's a lot of bad stuff in this. There's a lot of stuff I didn't enjoy. Um, I almost started getting into it, but we I, I will in a minute. There's a lot of weird shit. And some of the weird shit is interesting. Most of the weird shit is weird because it's just like bad direction or bad writing or bad character stuff. But like, to be completely honest, Ray Fisher's performance in this is groundbreaking. Fantastic. Fantastic. He's so good. And I, I wrote in here, Ray Fisher is an absolute gem, parentheses, Hollywood is racist, question mark, because I there's only two reasons why they could have taken all this out. One is because they're just like directly racist and they're like, cut the black guy out. I don't think that's it. But I do think it's because yeah. the racism in Hollywood has prevented a man like Ray Fisher to become super famous, which leads Warner Brothers to say, well, he's the least famous guy in here. No one's coming to see Justice League to see him. Cut him out. Right. Yeah. He's so good. His story is like I cried when I like watched his story. There's so much good stuff with him in this. And the other thing about his storyline when we're talking about cutting, and I think you're onto something with the he's the least famous person on the screen. When that happens, his storyline, like it's one of those things where it is pretty 
as far as in a four hour movie, his storyline is pretty tight in that if you take one thing out, it's if you pull that thread, the whole thing comes undone. So you got to take it all out. Basically, you got to take it all out. Right. And so and it's an I easy way to cut 30, 45 minutes out exactly. of your film. Exactly. And that's the other thing is if you have, you know, if you're once if you're Joss Whedon and Warner Brothers, when this gets handed to you and you have all this stuff and you're like, well, we got to cut. This is four hours. We can't do this. We got to cut it down to two. We cut that whole storyline out. We're down to easily three, two and a half, you know, something like that at this point. So, our, you know, a bulk of our work is cut out for us by doing that. It is the unfortunate thing. And I think you're on to something. Like, I don't think this was overtly racism where it's like, well, the black guy doesn't matter. He's just the black guy. <laughs> but you're right in the way that, like, we don't give people of color and minorities enough opportunity to be a star, to be marketable. You then would logically cut out the guy who doesn't. Who's not marketable. Who's not marketable. Who's not the most recognizable guy on screen. Um, I mean, people are going to be like, well, I mean, you could give him a breakout performance and then he's a star. And that's fine. If it was his movie, if this was just a cyborg movie, then, yeah, you cast Ray Fisher, who's a relative unknown, like you do Christopher Reeve, like you do Brandon Ralph, like you do. You know what I mean? And then Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth, to somewhat extent, Chris Evans. But you know what I mean? Like people like that. And you bolster them up. But you're putting him next to uh, Ben Affleck. You're going to put him next to Henry Cavill, who already got his star making role. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa, who was already kind of coming up already with Game of Thrones and things like that. Gal Gadot had already gotten, was the breakout star in Batman v Superman and got her own movie. And she was in Fast and the Furious and, she was in and Fast stuff. And the Furious. She was, her star was on the rise. You know, Ezra Miller had Fantastic Beasts. Yep. So it all boils down to like, that guy's the one we cut because everybody else has a fan base already. It's the same thing people say about Asian stars that Hollywood keeps saying, hey, it's not our fault. There's no famous Asian actors. Right. And it's because, yeah, because you haven't made any yet. Yes. You're the one who makes the star. So, right. you know, yeah, I think that's an excellent point that that it didn't it didn't even enter my mind. But let's get into so let's get into some of your your nitty gritties. Let's get into some of your specifics. My first note is Barry Allen seems like he's drunk through this whole thing. Yeah, I still... His character is better. And I'm going to say that overall for all the characters, the characters are slightly better than the Joss Whedon version. That being said, I still cannot stand this guy. It's so bad. I cannot... Like, I don't understand. I mean, the the whole thing is so backwards from the way it should be. And normally I'm not like a dogmatic comic book follower in right, that like right. hey you know you're changing the comics because like right. Iron Man fucking did that from book number one in the Marvel movies he was right. totally different right. they updated his thing to the Middle East when it had traditionally been Korea sure, sure. and like they changed a whole bunch of shit with that right. they skipped the whole Iron Man's my bodyguard thing and went straight to the world just knows who he is they changed so much and they've done that repeatedly and it's always good it's almost always good. Right. <laughs> but like the thing they didn't change with Iron Man is that he's an alcoholic. He's a bit of a womanizer. He's a billionaire playboy. He's smooth. He's charming. But as soon as the lights are off, he's just like he hates himself. He has all these these like skeletons in his closet. He has a lot of mental problems, suffers from PTSD. The groundwork is in 
the Marvel movies. They took the subtext of the character and they transferred that flawlessly. Exactly. Barry Allen has none of that. Well, that's the thing. It's a, and and I'll kind of I'll even say that it it's more than subtext. Uh, you know what the updates that the that the Marvel movies have done, and even some of the uh, gun to my head, I couldn't name a single example. But some of the DC movies have done is they would they update. The story, they update the background, they update some of the facts, but they don't update the character. Shazam is a good example. Right, exactly. You know, again, to bring back Iron Man, yeah, they updated it for from Korea to, to the Middle East. But the essence of who Tony Stark is as a character is the same. You're updating minor things so that it feels of the time. You know, if he had landed in Korea, you're like, well, that doesn't... That doesn't quite play the same way that the Middle East does in today's world. Barry Allen is completely different than any version of Barry Allen I have ever seen in the comics. The only thing that rings true is that he has this tendency to be late despite having super speed and that type of thing. That's like, which is an irony to the character that I enjoy. That being said, this guy's just a freaking goof like he's ridiculous i'm fine with making him younger so that he's not quite in the in the central city police department yet and that happens at the end of the movie and i get that and that's cool that being said what like no police department would ever hire this man like the guy's a moron he's the the you know he's not late because he's perpetually late or distracted he's late because he's literally tripping all the time one he should be late because he's good at saving people right because he's competent he's well organized the reason he gets hired is the same reason he's good at saving people he's competent he's good at what he does and he is methodical and thorough but he's methodical and thorough at like saving people and that makes him late to do other stuff but he gets the job because he is dedicated and methodical and thorough at what he does exactly exactly but what they did is they changed the essence of the character and now you're putting on screen someone i don't know and he's kind of insufferable yes like not only to the people around him but also to us there is a way to make like you look at someone like michael richards and seinfeld or george costanza there's a way to make us like the characters while the people around them hate them and it just doesn't work with this or if you make him insufferable to the character to the characters in the movie and the audience but give him an arc that by the end of it he has changed for the better and we go okay we didn't like him at first but now through his journey right we appreciate him more and maybe that would have happened if we had a flash movie first possibly and then we could get like a normal human being playing Barry Allen for Justice League. Right. How is he any better? Other than not accidentally sticking his face in Wonder Woman's boobs, how is he any better in this movie? They gave him moments that showed true heroism or that he actually cared about something. I guess like saving Iris and like uh, saving that big group of people from the falling wreckage. Actually, more than that, it was the moment when... It's in like the last hour of the movie. They're at Chernobyl. He has to run. Is it? He has to run around Chernobyl or something. Yeah. And he has to generate that field and he gets hit 
and he's injured and you can see he's like, I want to do this. I want to get up and I want to do this. I want to be the hero that you all want me to be, that you all need me to be and that you all expect me to be. And then but he can't. And you see the it wasn't that he just gave up. You see the absolute agony on his face that he cannot go on. Not that he doesn't want to go on. He cannot physically go on. It was for that at least one moment I was going, okay, this is at least better than the Flash they gave us. Yeah, there's a superhero in there. Right. There's a kernel, there's a pearl in there somewhere. If only they had extrapolated it more and expanded on that Barry. That needed to be the Flash movie. It's like him being an idiot, and then that something like that happens at the end of the Flash movie, and then we have the Flash as we know him for Justice League. Yes. A hundred percent. I also none. Of, I mean, that thought sort of applies to all the characters in this movie. Um, Wonder Woman's pretty good. She's pretty close. But like Superman, who the fuck is this guy? I mean, he's he's better right. in this one than in weird ass Justice League. Batman. I'm like, who is this guy? He's just like killing people. He knows that the um, what are those like? What are the putties called? Parademons. Are, yeah, the parademons. The putties. The putties. <laughs> they do. They do. Yeah. Now that you say it, they do look like putties. But he he knows that they're good people, right? Like if that were a plot point in the comics. Batman would figure out how to turn them all back to people without killing them. That would have been a thing that, like, would have been a plot point that's like, no, we can't kill them. There's people in there. Wait, are there people in there? Yeah, they they say that. they uh, At some point, Wonder Woman tells him that, like, the parademons are people that Steppenwolf has already conquered, and he's transformed them into parademons using something. I don't know. Either, either Darkseid did it or the Mother Boxes did it or something. All who live become servants of dark side alive but drained of life parademons oh i didn't know that hold on one second hey yeah. want to say hi to america yeah. okay does Ryder want to say hi to america i don't know did you ask him Ryder, you want to say hi to america come here throw him come here touchdown ah look at this junky junk this is what you come to the patreon oh for, my god to check this out there we go. You want to say something in the microphone? Go ahead. He's as big as Rowan. Come here. Go ahead. You want to say something? Wow. I pooped. Oh, well, he on your hand. No, nothing. Okay. He looks like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. He does look like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Let's get him a little Hat. beret and a yeah. and a dicky. Yeah. Are you tired? You're so exhausted. Yeah. Why don't you fall asleep? Go ahead, fall asleep. Can you say hi? Okay. Well, <laughs> say good night, America. <laughs> oh, boy. Too. I don't know what I did. <laughs> You fucked up is what you did. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I do this stuff to him all the time. Yeah, well, clearly he doesn't like it. I just crossed a line. That was, yeah, I guess that was the straw that broke the, the camel's back. <laughs> Someone on Patreon is going to call Child Protective Services. I know it. We'll get into it. But in Death of the Family, there's a whole part where, like, 
I don't know what any of these groups are called, but the the they're not the teen. I think it's the Teen Titans and half of another group are fighting these guys who have been like hit with Joker gas or whatever. And they're like, no, we can't kill them. They're innocent people. We have to just figure out how to change them back. That's a Batman move. And Batman, if he were normal Batman, if he were a regular Batman, would have figured out he would have figured out how to not kill a single parademon and just like work to get rid of Steppenwolf. He probably also wouldn't have let Steppenwolf die. That's true, too. That's true, too. And probably also wouldn't have machine guns strapped to his car. Here's and maybe this is just my own little fan theory that I've developed for myself. But in my mind, this is an older Batman and it, uh, who, like, has just stopped giving a shit. That might be projection, Chris. I, it's 100% projection. <laughs> Maybe it's the thing that I make up so that I can sleep at You're night. You're like, with God, I wish I had a machine gun. But... <laughs> damn day. I asked for no pickles and they put pickles on my burger. I'm now fantasizing about... A machine gun and pickles. <laughs> I hear you. I just think that Snyder is like, oh, no, this will be cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. And that is a good portion of this movie of like, this will look cool, which is <laughs> for me simultaneously the worst parts of this movie and the best parts of this movie sometimes is the this will look cool because I think that this. Okay, let me. Uh, I'll just get into this. So, I, I, the, one of the reasons I like this, I was talking with, um, actually earlier today, I was talking with Eric Scalati of the Not Movies podcast about this, and I was saying I, I like this because it is so over the top and that it is so overwrought and operatic in its in its scope. Um, I was thinking about this, and I, and I'm thinking, you know, when it comes to the Marvel movies. The, the tone that they've developed with those, it lends itself to the type of characters that are in their stable and that they have access to. Marvel tends to, to kind of be the working man's comic in that their heroes are even the most fantastical, even the, the you know, beings from space or, you know, godlike creatures or anything there is a human element to them. They tend to deal with, they, they tend to be very kind of down to earth in that manner, right? DC, on the other hand, they have titans and demigods. I mean, there are, you know, every year there's at least 1,800 term papers written about how Superman is a Christ-like figure. Like, that's that's the type of heroes that they have. So this over-the-top, again, this kind of operatic feel, this operatic scope, I was like, this fits better with the type of heroes that they have. Are there parts to this that don't work because of it? Sure. Does it need to be trimmed down because it can be too weighty and too overwrought and kind of um, full of its own hubris? Absolutely. But similar to what we said with the Joker... Even if you don't like this, I think you should want more of this rather than more of something else, because this is a big swing. It's like one of the biggest swings that they can do. It doesn't always connect, but you got to give it up for the swing in in and of itself. 
Yes, 10%. They actually measured it out. 10, a full 10% of this movie is in slow motion. So much of that can be cut. Some of it, listen, all the slow motion stuff is beautiful to watch, but like the Barry Allen, the whole Barry Allen scene can be cut. You don't even need it. What the, you mean the iris scene? The car crash. Yeah. Did you notice she doesn't give a shit that she's in the middle of a car crash? It's weird. I think what they were trying to do is like the idea of like it's it in her for her perspective is going so quickly. She has not had time to react. But I know what you're saying. I understand. Yeah, it's not how it works, though. Anyone who's been in a car accident knows they go what right before they hit the thing or even during you're going ow. (laughs) But that being said, like I was watching it and I kept waiting for like. You know, they had this beautiful moment where they make eye contact. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, that would be a good origin story for this story. It's it's nice that she was in it. I liked that Iris is included. And I was like, oh, it's Iris. Like, that's a cool cameo. But it also there were there were a couple things, too, where I was like, it feels a little uncomfortable. Also, that he's like secretly having like this like mind love affair with her. And she has no idea. It hangs on a little too long and gets creepy. It started sweet. And then it. It's one of those things where, like, if you it it hangs on so long that you go, now I have time to think about this. Yes. Now it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Hitchcock had had what he liked to call refrigerator moments, which was he would put there would be plot holes in his movie, but he didn't care because or, or they were called icebox moments. And the reason was by, by the time you realized there was a plot hole you were at home standing in front of your icebox. <laughs> so it's like the enjoyment in the movie already came and went and I already have your ticket money. So it doesn't matter. Right. But this one that like the icebox moment happened in the middle of the sequence. I was like, Oh, this is nice. And then it kept hanging on and was like, no, this is now creepy. Cause he, she doesn't know he actually exists. You know, I love the like science of the flash. It's my favorite part of the great Gustin. Sure. The CW series. Right. That woman would be fucking dead. Like, oh yeah, he takes her and just stops her, yes. which is no different than crashing into a brick wall. He would be in love with a puddle of goo. You're or, like, it's the same science that like Iron Man, like when people say when he falls from like a hundred feet and lands, your organs implode. Like when you go from a hundred, whatever she's driving, 50, 60 miles per hour to zero, your organs run into your uh, your bones or your skin and splat. <laughs> yeah, because he just like stops her and sits her on the ground. It's like that woman is dead. My very first note was Barry Allen seems like he's drunk. My second one is every DC character is just different Superman. So like Shazam is Superman with the mind of a child. Martian Manhunter is Superman with shapeshifting. Like they're just all Superman. Also completely pointless in putting him in the movie. I thought it was fine. Completely pointless. I, I thought it made their marketing make sense. Yes. Unite the seven. There's six fucking characters. Yes, I know. It did make their marketing make sense. And I, I, I mean, I liked how he looked and yeah. perhaps if this were to have continued that would have been great but like it may still it's kind of this is one of those things where I'm like why keep this in if the Snyder versus also it's one of those icebox moments because I was like if they knew he was around, they wouldn't have had to fucking regurgitate Superman <laughs> back into life. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because why does it at the end of the scene, Martian Man- Manhunter shows up and he's like, you did you did real good and, or whatever the hell he says. And why is it Batman like, where the fuck were you? 
you? <laughs> yeah. What were you doing? We're busting our humps in Chernobyl. It took six yeah. of us to defeat this damn thing. They took over an entire city. What are you doing? I'm just a guy. I'm just a person. Why does I I had to drive I had to take a car. I had to build a plane big enough to carry a fucking car to Russia. I know I'm rich, but that's not cheap, asshole. Like what are you you flew here. You're floating now. What are you doing? Why are you here? You come here after the fact? We don't want you. Get lost. If Superman is this much stronger than the rest of them, the league is broken. I just if 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 they can't beat a regular villain without Superman, right? It's broken. I at least I, that was what uh, the big thing in the Joss Whedon version. Yeah, it's still a thing. This one I think at least did better with like somewhat even in it, evening it out. Or giving them a better fight. Like, they can't even collectively beat Superman. No. Yes, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Flash isn't fast enough. Wonder Woman isn't strong enough. Batman's not fucking smart enough. Right, but this one, I think this version at least made it seem like if given enough time and opportunity, they could eventually beat Steppenwolf. It's just in this moment... The clock was going to run out on them. And that's why Superman was crucial. I disagree. They they didn't even beat him without Barry Allen reversing time. Right. Yes. Barry Allen had to reverse time. But that is something that he can do. If Superman hadn't showed up, he can reverse time anyway. That's what I'm saying. It's like, just cause if that's what it takes, sure. But like, it's one of those things where it's just like over and over again until they find a timeline. It's like uh, Dormammu. Kind of, yeah. But that's what I mean. I think that in that fight, they at least showed, okay, these guys, if given enough time and enough energy and enough uh, opportunity, eventually they could beat this guy. But the clock is running out and we need some we need just one more push to get us over the the 10 yard line. In the Joss Whedon version, it felt like Superman took the Justice League from like the the 50 yard line to the end zone and this one felt like you took him from the 10 yard line to the end zone yeah that's a sports metaphor even <laughs> you can understand yeah yeah i put here it's astounding that they thought cutting ray fisher's scenes and adding a boob grab would fix this movie <laughs> oh jesus i mean he was great in this and that was stupid i can't believe uh, it oh here's a funny thing there's a police blockade around superman's death site but you see a man walking his dog in the background i had to rewind it like there's the police blockade that like oh I guess only the media can go through or people giving flowers or something that Lois Lane goes through like every day and there's one part that's like a close up on her face and she's like looking at Superman's sight and there's a dude just like taking his dog for a shit around <laughs> Superman's grave sight. Oh really? I have to <laughs> yeah, watch it again. That's, so that's funny. amazing. That's fantastic. I think it should have been Superman's mom that made him remember. <laughs> I wrote here not some floozy he met two movies ago. I think that would have been a better thing that like, yeah, no, this person is like, oh, yeah, right. That's who I am. You know? Well, also, she could then do it without saying his name out loud in right. front of like everyone. Yeah. Although this movie doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah, like Aquaman's I mean. just like, hey, Mr. Wayne, you're a big Batman. <laughs> like, like, or, or uh, Barry Allen is like, oh, that's the bat signal. That's your thing. You know, like no one gives a shit. 
It's so fucking weird. It also would explain why it takes her so fucking long to get there because, like, she's already at the site, and then Superman breaks out, and she's like, oh, my God, it's him. Yeah, where did she – because she comes right – also, if you notice, she runs into the scene, and I'm like, what, did you go get another coffee? Right. That's what I mean. But but it's like 10 minutes later because there's a million added pieces in the, in the Zack Snyder one. But, like, that would explain – because she's going to get – his mother, because they have like a pretty good connection after his death, and then drive her there. That would explain why it takes her so long to get back. But what do I know? Actually, they don't have a good connection because that wasn't Martha. That was the Manhunter. So she could theoretically show up and Martha would be like, what the fuck are you doing here? Martha Kent moved out but left almost everything in the house. <laughs> I put like all his clothes are still there. I'd be like, mom, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. She's like, well, you weren't using it. I was going to make that into my sewing room. This is my favorite note. So I got to clear my throat for this and get ready. Oh, boy. Here we go. Superman's greatest. (laughs) I love when you find yourself funny. (laughs) I know. I know it's a doozy. Superman's greatest accomplishment is growing up in a redneck town with two dads. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. My last note is <clears throat> I don't know what I wrote. That's amazing. I just refuse to believe the Zack Snyder parts were the good parts and the Joss Whedon parts were the bad ones. Oh, that like we've been talking about this like, yeah, when you're fixing things in hindsight, you can be like, well, it was always my intention to do this good thing instead after everyone complains about it. And like most of the changes that were better seem to have been CGI related, like the way that um, actually this one, I, I actually think. This is this is sort of going off topic, but I think probably the reasons because I went back and looked at the old Steppenwolf. He looks super weird. And I think that's probably because I was like, he looks more like a human, like a human person. And I was like, Joss is more of a like Joss. Joss Whedon is more of a like uh, like a like a dogmatic comic book guy. Right. He looks for the the roots and tries to keep things pretty much the same. So I was like, I wonder if Steppenwolf just looks like a guy in the comics. And I looked it up and yeah, he just looks like he a does. guy. He just looks like a guy. Everybody in Apocalypse just looks like, looks a, like guy. a person, except for Darkseid. Right. But I, I just feel like I just refuse to believe this guy who like helped write Toy Story. He wrote the first Avengers movie, Firefly, that all the bad shit out of the first one was his doing and all the good stuff was Zack Snyder's doing. The guy who brought us Man of Steel and Batman Batman versus Superman. Yeah, I listen, I when people say that, I don't think it's it's as cut and dry as like Joss Whedon came up just with all the bad stuff. It's not a matter of good. For me, the the reason the movie is bad is not necessarily a matter of the material being good or bad. It is two very different voices that don't gel well together. And you're mashing those two voices together. That's what makes it so bad. And that's what makes it a mess. If Joss Whedon had this movie from the get-go, it all, I think it would have been really great. The same way that, like, I do really like this version of the movie. For, uh, if for no other reason that this is one singular voice. It is, it is truly... Zack Snyder's Justice League. It is his intention. It's his voice. And that continues throughout the movie. That alone helps to make this movie better because there's at least some sort of a through line 
in that voice. There's cohesiveness. There's a cohesiveness to the whole thing. That alone, it could have been the exact same movie, the exact same runtime, but just that added cohesiveness, that sort of like unspeakable je ne sais quoi would have been enough to make this a better movie simply because you have one singular voice going through. Same thing with Joss Whedon. If Zack Snyder had stepped away and they said, we are scrapping the whole movie, we're bringing Joss Whedon in and we're letting him do whatever he wants. He just has to use the actors that we already have cast. That probably would have been a really great Justice League movie because it's one cohesive voice. I do find it intriguing I'll say this and then I want to ask you about one thing and then and then we'll get off this and we'll do the reading assignment. I do find it intriguing that at least in my opinion, you have I've now watched two, essentially two Snyder cuts, Batman v Superman and Justice League. In both instances, the Snyder cuts are the better versions of the movie. Not, I'm not saying again, I'm not saying that. They're the greatest thing ever to hit cinema, but... But they are. But they are. (laughs) And both movies still have their problems. I think both movies still suffer from kind of being crushed under the weight of their own hubris, but they are better than the previous versions. Like, it, it is an intriguing thing to me that as much as people might hate Zack Snyder's products and hate what Zack Snyder does it is intriguing to me that when you let this guy do what he wants to do and let his material breathe the way that it kind of needs to breathe it is actually better to let him just do his thing than to cut him down and force him into a box some of this can be cut yes but this is better than the two-hour thing that we got before and I find that interesting that two times in a row now that's one of the reasons I'm uh very optimistic about James Gunn's suicides, the Suicide Squad, because he has said, this is my cut. Right. Exactly. So it has that cohesiveness to it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you real quick about I want to ask you about the it's not a post credit scene, but the the um, the epilogue, essentially the the in the future scene. What was your take on this? It was fine. Yeah, it's cool. The characters they threw in there are interesting. Like Deathstroke working with Mira and like older Barry Allen, which was kind of uncomfortable. He looks real weird. Yeah. Working with Batman and the Joker, which is strange. Joker says he killed Harley Quinn. Weird. Like, it's still weird to me that he's just like, yeah, I fucking killed her or whatever. I think the idea of this was that this is still the future. That, like, it's not an alternate timeline. That, like, something else happens. Like, uh, Zack Snyder, I think, said that, like, his plan was to make something else happen that would make this future still come true. And then we would get movies that were like, oh, that's what it was. There was a rumor that this was part of his, like, three Justice League trilogy thing. That Darkseid still kills Lois. and, uh, And then we get this, like, hellscape and then there's something that happens that, like, they all have to basically kill Superman in order to uh, to get to Darkseid and fine. I mean, listen, it's the only scene in the movie there that I was like, I kind of wish this kept going. Yeah. Because I'd like to see us get there. Because that's different. Like, that's, you know, 
to do that. It, that is one thing that the Marvel movies have not done so far. They, uh, you know, the X-Men movies almost hit it with Logan, but that was still like, it was old man Logan, but not the way that the comics do old man Logan. This wasn't like a post-apocalyptic world. It was just like, he's older and it's the future, but it's the regular world. This was like, we went balls to the wall. Like this is post-apocalyptic. This is a version that you, that we don't really I still don't like Jared Leto. I hate this guy. I don't care for him. Oh, yeah. It's the most annoying. He's doing a, he's, Trying to be Heath Ledger, all of but them. not Heath Ledger. He's doing all of them. Yeah. If you look, if you, cause you can pick out certain lines, cause some of them he's like talking like this. And then another ones he's like doing a, <laughs> you know, it's, he's I, all over the place. It's really like, yeah, it's the most undefined version of the Joker yeah. I've ever seen. I'm like, I really, cause at first I was like, I have not watched Suicide Squad since. I went to see it in the theaters. Like I cannot bring How could myself you? to yeah. see it. Right. And so I haven't really seen this Joker since then. And I was like, maybe I do. I, maybe I don't hate this Joker as much as I'm imagining. I hate this Joker. And then he came on screen and I was like, Oh no, I really hate yeah, this. No good. Like a viscerally. Every time he laughed, I was like, stop, stop doing that. Stop it. That's not a real laugh. Like it's not even like, a maniac's laugh. It's yeah. just doesn't feel authentic. It sounds like it sounds like Jared Leto is trying to to. It sounds like he is trying to annoy the viewer. Yeah, like it's just like Barry really Allen is. <laughs> yes, there's a much, theme just, here. Stop doing. I'm like stop because that's the oh. thing that made Heath Ledger's performance so good is the astonishing amount of authenticity. It, it just seemed so authentic. Yes, and it felt like. I don't know. Maybe honestly, maybe we're out of takes on this character. You know, like you have the Nicholson, which is we're not. Uh, well, what I'm saying is like, you, OK, you have the way that Nicholson did it, which is kind of close to it's actually in some ways like kind of close to the comics because it's a little broader. It's a little more cartoonish. Of course, you have Mark Hamill's voice, which is like perfection. Cesar Romero, Cesar Romero, which is kind of perfectly captures what the Silver Age Joker was. And you have Heath Ledger, which is like this visceral thing. And even to a certain extent, you have Joaquin Phoenix, right? I don't know where else you take this character. Like, I don't know what fresh road there is to plow with this. Maybe I'm wrong. Obviously, like, I'm not a good enough actor, I will freely admit, to do this character. I know that I'm not. Every time I watch the Dark Knight, I'm like, there's no way I could do that. It's just not in my wheelhouse. That being said, I, I do constantly think like, well, maybe I don't know where else some where something new could be mined from this character for an actor to go. And that would look different from any of the versions that we've gotten, because at a certain point, you still have to land on like he's a psychopath. Well, I think it has to come from a uniqueness that is specific to the actor, right? Like there are actors who I think could do an amazing take on the Joker that would be specifically their own. Like, oh, Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Jeff fucking Goldblum. Can you imagine him as the Joker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it would be, ha, ha, ha. You know, it's just a performative. There's something, uh, there's something that uh, has to be turned up to 11. Right. And it's whatever makes you you dialed up to 11. And that's all it takes. Right. And maybe that's what it is that Jared Leto thinks he has that. But he yep. doesn't. 
Well, I don't think he's doing that. I don't think he's turning anything up to 11. I think he's just trying to be a weird psychopath. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's playing the idea of what the Joker is not. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Let's uh, let's go on. Let's go on to the... Yeah. Speaking of the Joker... Yeah. Let's Now, let's talk about a different version of the Joker. I think a better version of the Joker, even if you don't like the story, the, this, this, uh, this storyline... Definitely better than the Jared. Or, a a Joker know. who is greatly influenced by the movie Face Off, starring Nicolas Cage and John Travolta as each other. Yeah. So for your reading assignment, I gave you Death of the Family, which was part of the Zack Snyder. No, Jesus. Yep. Part of the Scott Snyder. Death of a Salesman. That's right. And Greg Capullo run from the New Fifty Two era. So what did you what did you think of this? Good. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Okay. It was um. It had some. Things I didn't like very much, but mostly pretty good. All right. All right. So Death of the Family is a 23. No, no, let's leave it there because it's so rare that I get you to really like something. Let's just wrap it up here. Thanks, everybody. All right. Good night, everybody. (laughs) No, please continue. Death of the Family is a 23-issue comic book story arc published by DC Comics in 2012. It's written by too many people to mention, but it was guided by Scott Snyder. I did put here, do you think WB hired Zack Snyder because they liked Scott and Zack is the biggest Snyder in the film industry? <laughs> like, Zack Snyder paved the way for Snyders around the world. I can't imagine that that isn't true. I mean, Scott Snyder is knocking it out of the park. He works, and most of his stuff is really good. I mean, you know, this entire run... Like this is the Court this, of Owls was great. Court of Owls was great. This was the second run. I'll probably like I have it in mind that as we go on throughout reading assignments, I will be giving you eventually the entire run of Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Evidently, the title was an intentional reference to the Batman arc, A Death in the Family, where the Joker murdered Jason Todd, which I get that it's art and that's what he wanted, but it's so confusing. It really is. Yeah. When you're trying to talk about it in casual conversation, it's really. Yeah. You have to put the emphasis on of. Yeah. I think of the family. I think you and I spent like a good five minutes. Yeah. Trying to figure out which one. I'm Melinda was like, oh, I read that comic. I didn't like it very much. And I was like, what? Why? And she was like, because even though like Batman's holding a dead Robin on the cover, he he's not even dead at the end. And I was like, no, no, that's a different comic and she was like no it's not and we had to like go to her comic and like she pulled out the comic and it's death in the family and I was like yes I told like it's a whole and she was like oh that's weird I could have sworn we had a whole thing where you were like in and I was like nope it's of it's it's of it should have been called too many robins because there's too many robins in this fucking story I can't keep track of them there's a red one there's a young one Dick Grayson is there I, I can't do it, man. There's too many fucking Robins. They're all there. They're all all the Robins, except for the except for the girl. She's not in right, this right because she's not alive yet, or she isn't. She's just being her her old alias, which is spoiler. But I don't know where she is. I can't remember if she's alive yet or not. Oh, you're talking about a different one. I thought you meant yeah. the, the... Oh, no, no, not the Dark Knight Rises right, one. Right, right, or, yeah, yeah. or the Dark Knight Returns one. Jesus, with these titles, man. I know. That's what I'm saying, man. DC's got to figure their shit out. No one gets extremists mixed up with anything. That's true. 
Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, let's let's get into this a little bit. I have written here refrigerator girlfriend or whatever. I don't remember what the term is, but yes. the thing that I think guy guy Gardner, right? Uh, no, Kyle, Kyle Rayner. That like yeah, his like girlfriend was murdered to make him be a hero or whatever. And uh, I don't even know she was stuffed into a fridge, right? And I don't even remember this character's name, but something like that happens with Dick Grayson where she dies, and he's like, "I'll get you, Joker." Yes. Yeah. 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 Although I'm not sure if I have, I'm not up to date. Up to date. This was like fucking, I don't know, seven years ago or something. But almost ten years ago. It was was it ten years ago? Okay, I was being generous. She might have been a major character in Nightwing. I sure. have no idea. I didn't read. Do you know it. what I'm talking about? She's like an acrobat or something. She was in Arkham, I think, at the in the story. Yeah. Full confession. You read a longer version than I intended you to read. Oh. You sent it to me. I did. I thought it was simply the the run that was in bed. The um, actual death of the family run. You got, they must have put together all of like the Like a collection. Yeah. yeah, the tie-ins. Yeah, 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 yeah. The story references events depicted in several Joker-related stories, including the killing joke, the man who laughs, and a death in the family. They talk about, like, uh, Joker's like, I killed you once before, Jason Todd, I'll fucking do it again, or whatever. <laughs> Direct quote. So, like, they reference events from, uh, and the killing joke, right? Barbara Gordon is like, is, is he coming? Is, does he know it's me? You know, because he did that. He shot me in the fucking back. Just real quick, just to kind of give, like, a quick, as non-spoilery a plot as I can possibly give. Joker escapes from Arkham, again, and then comes after Batman, but essentially... Well, they, they thought he was dead, they right? They thought he was dead. And then uh, come to find out that he is alive. His face has been carved off, which happened in a, a previous storyline. And then the Joker is essentially kind of trying to show his affection for Batman, which I think is like what makes this storyline different from, the, from another... See, I think that's a spoiler. Uh, I don't think it's a spoiler because I'm not going to tell them how or the means in which he does that. Yeah, sure. But yeah, that's pretty much what the that is his motivation for doing all the things that he does. I would say he just starts doing Joker stuff. He starts messing with the whole Bat family and you don't know why at first. And then that becomes evident. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. So what what exactly appealed to you about this? The same things about it appealed to me that appealed to me about the Court of Owls uh, whole thing. It's a little darker. It's a little more mature. It's grounded. It doesn't rush anything. There are a lot of intentionally visceral. Im- There's a lot of visceral imagery that clearly is intentional, like one of the Robins. I don't remember which one being covered in bugs. Like that whole scene is like so disgusting and unsettling and it's supposed to be that same Robin having to fight a Joker gassed Batman is just so heartbreaking. Joker intentionally makes the characters choose whether someone they love will die or if they will die. Uh, it's really heartbreaking to watch a lot of that. The Joker makes a tapestry out of living flesh. <laughs> Does he? A tapestry? Yeah, at the end. When he's going through the the castle at the end. What? Yeah, I'll show you the image again. Okay. I, it took me a second to realize what I was looking at, too. But he makes a tapestry out of living people. There are things about it I don't like. I don't like 
that nothing really happened. Okay. Like they're building this plot and they're they're intentionally telling you, hey, this thing is super fucked up. Right. Wait till you get to the end until we tell you how fucked up this thing is. And then it's nothing. And then it just kind of dials away. Yeah. Well, they're like, oh, it was it was fake. He didn't actually do I, anything. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just kind of dissolves away and you're just like, uh, okay. I don't really feel like... Like, I think it was trying to make me feel like the relationship between Batman and the Joker has been greatly altered by this event, but I don't feel like it has. Agreed. Yeah. And, uh, but man, super weird. Uh, The imagery, that's another, like, another piece of, like, visceral imagery. Fucking seeing the staples on the Joker's, like, there are parts where his face is stapled upside down. The way, the way they create, like, incredibly precise depth in the art so you can see like how far back his teeth are how far back his eyes are like the the stretch uh, marks from the pulling on his face to get it like wrapped around his ears or whatever i just like the 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 thought process of also as the issues continue on that begins to rot yes and it alters it begins the, to get a little looser a little looser and like there's the the thing of like the flies around that start to come around and it is starting to like the, the color is different from his normal skin, things like that. I like the uh, that that it's the chapters are broken down by character. It makes it easier to follow. It's very interesting. I like that. Like there's like a close up of half the character's face at the beginning of each one. It makes it easy to be like, oh, yeah, that's the character we're following now. Uh, it's a very simple and yet complex story, which is something that's hard to pull off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It received praise from IGN, Newsarama, and Comic Book Resources when it first came out. It feels like this is what DC was going for when they hired Zack Snyder to helm the DCEU, and he just never got the message. Like, it feels like (laughs) they were like, we want to set it up so that 10 years from now, we can do Death of the Family. And so he's got, like, dead dead Jason Todd in there and, like, stuff like that. But he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Either he never – either they never told him exactly what they were going for or they miscommunicated it. Or he was just like, oh, yeah, I hear you. And then he was like, fuck that. I'm doing my own thing. Right. It feels like they said to him – we want it to be a little darker. And he was like, say no more, fam. I got this. You know, like, I'm going to make it dark as right, fuck. And they were like, that's not what yes. we said. <laughs> I put here Marvel owned by Disney. There's things they can't do. Not a single character died in Civil War. Not a single one. Warner Brothers is like the only non-Disney movie making, or at least the biggest one now. Maybe Sony, but I think WB's got Harry Potter and a bunch of stuff. Like, they have the ability to be the non-Disney comic book movie franchise. Like, this one's owned by Mickey Mouse. Come see what we're fucking doing. And I feel like that's what they were going for, and that's what Zack Snyder was going for. But that's not the way you do it. This is the way you do it. Yeah, uh, 100%. Yeah, that you can give it a... You can make it visceral, you can make it dark, but give it a pathos of some sort. I wrote here, the first movie Zack Snyder had zero control over was Joker. Yeah. Like, that, whether you liked it or not, I think we can both agree, Right. that nailed this 
aesthetic. Yep. I will I will give you that. I will hundred I will that agree with that. That is the closest movie we have in the DCEU well, or whatever. The the modern live action DCEU. Whatever DC the hell we're calling to it this now. comic. Yeah, I agree with that. I could Yes, I can foresee that Joker becoming this Joker. I have here they should have started with Batman. Like Marvel is giving you feel good action movies. That's not what we're going to do here. We're going to give you this guy like running around trying to make sure people stop dying that the Joker stops killing people or whatever. They should have given the reins of Man of Steel to someone else and just like kept it out of Zack Snyder's hands after Batman give a refreshing change towards nobility and hope. So like do Batman first and then give uh, Superman to someone who's going to do like a bright, bushy eyed, hopeful movie. Right. Uh, and then you have Batman and Superman meet. Never let uh, Snyder touch Superman. Even Marvel knows no one touches Guardians of the Galaxy except for James Gunn. So like I love I love that like this has inspired you to like reevaluate. It has. The other stuff. No, I honestly do. I um, I mean that. The anytime like something like you can read something and then it causes you to look at a different medium and you're like, right. well, why can't they just do right? Yeah. And like it, like having dark Batman and hopeful Superman, and then having Batman versus Superman be like that's one of the greatest things about Endgame and Infinity War is. James Gunn was an executive producer just on the parts that had the Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. So like they all like when you're looking at Iron Man, it's an Iron Man movie. When the Guardians of the Galaxy enter the game, it's a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And then they all meet and you still have all these different colors and figuratively and literally and different hands in the pot and everything feels like it's it all feels unique and nothing feels artificial. Right. And, you know, the the benefit to doing something like that is also you want you what you want in a movie especially when it's two characters really pitted against each other in the way that batman v superman is you want as big a dynamic as big a conflict as big a gap between the characters as you can give them to cross over that chasm so you know if they're too close together it's hard to keep them it's a weird phrase to say. If it, they're too close together, it's hard to keep them apart for very long. You know, start them at the other ends of the earth and make them travel to each other. Uh, if you're starting, if you're starting them across the street from each other, and that's why it works. Like that idea would work so well, is because like you have a beacon of hope and the dark night. They are two right. opposing. Like they're the opposite sides of a magnet. They are literally night and day. Yes, literally. Yeah. And my last note here uh, and my most depressing note is I put, I feel like if they started on the right track, we might have had a death of the family movie by now. Yes, I think so, too. And that would be that would be something that would be really cool to watch. I think that's something that we the bat family is something that I think viewers have been waiting for and I'm not really sure what the hesitation is to make it. Can you imagine how well a Nightwing movie would do right now? Oh, I think it would be great. I think but that's what I mean. I think they want to do here's the thing is that they want to do Justice League. I love that this episode really it it never got away from being about Justice League. <laughs> they wanted to do a Justice League movie because they thought like well, they have the Avengers, so let's do our version of that, and we call all these heroes together. You have a mini Justice League in your universe that is the Bat family. That is dynamic enough, but they are literally that. They are a family. And so you could do 
a series of movies that just in Gotham City or Bloodhaven or like around there that way you're also if you want to create a consistent tone among your movies which I understand they there are shades of dark you know there's shades of gray from each other between you know a Robin and a Batman and a Nightwing and a Batgirl and a da 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 and then you can build into that movie because then you have this central family that is acting as a core and then that you have a built-in conflict and you have a built-in tense uh, uh, tension tension thank you you have a built-in tension because any danger that anyone comes into you not only worry for the person who's in danger you worry for their family members as well and that's throughout the whole movie it's instant as soon as you do that and that's throughout Um, this whole comic as well because there's a big part as well that they think that he knows who all of them are right and that and so you have that tension in the family and you worry about the family it really is kind of like and and it's really essentially about the joker trying to split this family to cause this chasm to crack this glass that splinters not in half but in multiple directions and that's what makes this story arc work where i think you know the movies have been missing i don't feel that sense of family with this with these group of characters in death of the family i feel the family i feel that and that's what drives the whole thing i have to say it is called the death of the family and nothing happens to the family <laughs> no although i do give it credit that like I wonder if the like it makes you think it's the death of the Bat family, but it's actually the death of the relationship between Batman and the Joker. Is In what a they were sense, going for. yeah. But I think it's for me the ending felt like almost more of like the Civil War ending, where you know they capture Zemo and they don't kill Zemo. Zemo doesn't kill anyone, but like the damage is done. You know, the same way at the end. Spoilers. But he's trying to get everyone together and no one takes his call. Yeah, because they're all training to be the Bat family. Right, but they're not. That's a lie. He keeps, like, if you notice, you know, Tim Drake says, ah, something came up. But he's just sitting on his bed doing nothing. They're making an excuse not to be around him. Dick Grayson is literally outside Wayne Manor and says, hey, I can't make it, and then drives off. They're this close to going in and all meeting. But in, in that sort of way, like, the damage is done. That's what the Joker wanted. The damage is done. He's broken the family up. Was there a comic after this that showed that? There were repercussions of it. Or did they just reboot it like 10 issues later? No, no, no. It went on for for a while longer. So there were repercussions to it. And then since then, now we have Rebirth and now it's been rebooted again. But there there definitely were repercussions of it. Yeah. So what are we what are we doing next for our reading assignment? Did you get a comic in the mail? I did get a comic in the mail, and I'm very glad that that was from you, because otherwise that would have been very strange. I told you you were getting one. I thought that you did, and then it came, and I was like, what is the... Oh, no, I think Andrew did tell me about this. <laughs> so we got a request on, uh, on Twitter. Oh. <gasps> Love it. I love From it. From a, a writer, uh, an artist slash writer, and I'm stalling right now to try to find the name of the book that I ordered. Hang on a second. I got it. Hold on. Hold on. It's this right here. And there what is go. that called? The Beckoning of... It is of... called 
Beckoning of Aetherius, the Feminist, Part 1. Yeah, so that's what we were asked to review. I love the artwork already. I do. Have you read it yet? I haven't. I've been waiting to assign it. I actually read it already. I'll give it another read by the time we record again because it's a pretty quick read. I think there's only one issue out so far. This is the only thing that's out so far. So we'll uh, we'll give it a read and... And review that. Yeah, I'm excited about this. I love when people do this, and I want people to do it more. I really do. I've got a few on the horizon, actually. Good. I really do love it when people give us reading assignments, and I kind of love it even more when writers or artists are like, I'm doing this thing, and I want to get better at it. Like, give me your opinion on it. I, I, it's fantastic. And so far, we've got a 50-50 track record. One of them we hated, and one of them we loved. What, I'm, I remember the one... That we had. What was the one we loved? Someone gave us like a Marvel thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I do remember. And I think I think it was like a PR person for a, a set of Marvel things. But yeah, I'm gonna give this another another go around uh, when we record before we record next. But it is a pretty quick read, so you could you could easily breeze through it. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, um. Hey, Andrew. What? Hey, Andrew. What? Hey, Andrew. Yeah, what? Oh, my God. Hey, Andrew. What? Where can they find us? Well, they can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, and on iHeart motherfucking radio. Ooh. You can also find us on SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break, which is where we host parties. No, it's where we host our audio. You can also uh, give us a tweet. Send us a, a book to read, especially if it's yours. Don't just send like some Marvel comic because fuck Marvel. <laughs> wow. That's coming from you. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck them in the butt. I see what you're doing Unless here. you're Marvel. Yeah, you're doing this to anger Marvel and then Marvel's going to be like, oh, you think so, motherfucker? Try reading all of this stuff and then they send us free stuff. Is that the strategy? No, fuck Marvel. Still on the strategy. But you can find us on Twitter where our, our I almost said our hashtag. Our handle is at Media Lunch Break because it wouldn't let me. I could only put TH Media Lunch Break. There weren't. It was there's a, like a character limit because everything else is the media. You don't have to know how the sausage is made. You can also <laughs> find us on Facebook, on Instagram. You can go to our YouTube page, which is YouTube.com slash The Media Lunch Break, because they have the character. It doesn't matter. They don't matter. have character. Yeah, whatever. Right. And then you can find us on our Patreon, which is Patreon, 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 Here it comes. Patreon.com slash The Media Lunch Break, because they also didn't have... Like a, a their character. Limit you don't was, need to know this. Don't worry okay, about it. Okay, it doesn't matter. But you can give us money there if you like what we're doing. That's the part you need to know. <laughs> and uh, it it goes into our our little coin purses, which we both have, <laughs> because we both carry around matching coin purses. I got Chris one. It was two for one. I I couldn't help it. Um, well, it was two also, for one. You told me you got that as an anniversary gift. It was three for one. I kept two of them. You can also you send us bitch. an email at the media lunch break at gmail.com gmail or you can gmail visit our, oh, our yeah. website which is www.themedialunchbreak.com the yeah. okay. so it's just Excellent. it's just twitter that doesn't have so the just word twitter the. doesn't have the the yeah so, and in fact our instagram has the word the but every word is separated by underscores so it's the underscore media underscore lunch underscore break and that's underscore? it oh no no not, no it. underscore yeah. So it's uh, the it's underscore right. media underscore yes. lunch underscore In, yes. break. Yes, that's it. And that's it. That's all of them? That's it. Okay. 
And uh, give us a rating and a reviewing. Yes, please do that. That actually really, really helps out. And you can do that on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on YouTube. You can probably do it on Spotify, too, but I, I wouldn't know they don't let me in there. Who knows how Spotify works? No one knows how Spotify works. They don't let me in there anymore after I peed in the pool. And then a special thank you. Spotify only plays in restaurants. It doesn't matter. To our favorite patron, Julie. Thanks, Julie. For being the best. Do you think there will ever be a day where some other Patreon takes over Julie's spot? As soon as she quits. As soon as she stops giving us money. Yeah. Yeah. I'll Mm. pick another one at random. I don't give a shit. I'm petty. Yeah, you are. Are you ever? It's how you pick co-hosts. Just picking at random. You've just been picking at random this whole time. And I somehow every time I come up, I actually I, I haven't gotten it in the mail yet. But before the pandemic, I was working with the Chinese factory to make like a little wheel that had a list of all of my friends on it, all seven of them. Right. And I would spin it. Yeah. And uh, and you're not on it. Uh, yeah. You're not, you're not I, a friend here's of mine. What I, here, here's what I in my mind, you had the same wheel, but and it had the seven spots on it and it was a co-host wheel. And you were like, I'm going to put the name of all the possible co-hosts. And then it just had my name. And then so far you haven't figured out any other co-hosts. So it's just my name and then like six blank spaces on it. And, <laughs> and then I was just... like, wait a minute. This is a wheel of cheese. Wait, a, what the hell is this? This is Brie. Allison Brie would be a great co-host. She would be a great co-host. Or Brie Larson. <gasps> Brie Larson would be a co-host. You should get her. She'd be a big get. Can you imagine if Allison Brie was Brie Larson's mom, her name would be Brie Brie. I feel like that can't be the first time someone's brought that up. But in my mind, I think that is the first time someone's brought that up. Are we done? <laughs> oh. No. I think retrieval. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen. Once again. Ladies and gentlemen. Once again, trying to lay off the penis jokes and have to fill in that vacuum somehow. Look at this hero. Thank you. A a god lives among us. Thank you. And his name. Well, he just told you his name. Thank you. I, I hate myself and I'm a shell of a man. All right. That's it. So we did, uh, we did a thing. There used to not be a thing here, and now there is a thing. We created a thing, which is always a good, which is always good. It's a, it's a good thing that we did a thing. All right. That's it. Next week, uh, we'll talk about, I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about. It's the news episode. It hasn't been done yet. I don't do a thing. Uh, it hasn't been made yet. All right. I didn't even catch that. I know. I can, I can't not hear it now. You've drilled it into my brain so much I can't not hear them. All right, that's it. That's it, everybody. We're out of here. I almost said, like, see you next time. That's what am I? <laughs> what is that? You'll oh, hear sh- us next week. What are, again? Like, what am I on morning radio? I'm not gonna. What am I gonna sign off? You snooze. You snooze, you lose the news. Well, that's not bad. Thank you. You snooze, you lose the news. Should that be our sign-off? No. No, that shouldn't be that's our sign-off. That's bad. Should we have a sign-off? No. We're like five years into this. We should have come up with a catchphrase by now, right? Oh, you had one last week. What did I have? What did I Something say? Something like, even though it's racist, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> no, that, that, those are the bumper stickers I'm going to start selling. That's what it is. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, are we still doing this? Is this still part of the episode? Yes. Uh, let's get the hell out of here. I'm done. Yay, Yay. I'm Treble. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't finish with that. I can't let us finish with this. <laughs> I can't. I can't bring myself as a human being. I can't look myself in the mirror knowing that this is how that episode ended. I mean, who am I kidding? I can't look at myself in the mirror anyway. I'm just a mess. Just a mess. My kid's probably awake. Mine's not. My kid sleeps. Everyone keeps telling me he's going to, like, be a monster at some point. But, like, he slept 20 hours the other day. I hope you rot in hell. Straight through. 20 hours. I hate you so much. There's nothing about you I don't hate. Put him down for a nap at 2 o'clock. He woke up at 11 in the morning. I'm going to jump through the screen and rip out your jugular. <laughs>